York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Yep, what's going on? This is Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here, give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And the Knicks lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers 119-201. RJ Barrett had a rough game, only gave you 12 points on the night, shot 22% from the field. Uh, Garland came into the garden and had his way with us, 24 points and 13 rebounds. Um, OB Toppin, though, gave you a career night, um, giving you 20 points on the night. Quickly showed some signs, but once again, the Knicks fall short in battling these these Cavaliers. It just seems like today the Knicks knew that they were eliminated from the play-in, and they played like they had nothing to play for, and that's exactly what we saw. So thank you guys for checking it out in this crazy Saturday afternoon game while we talk about these Knicks versus Cavaliers showdown. And then before we get to the details of the game and the breakdowns and the storylines that's going on with Nick Nation, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. And I want to salute Knicks Nation and everybody else who's watching here with the KOT show. Um, and as always, hit the like button, subscribe button, and uh, hit us with the comments after the game to let us know um, what you think of the show and what you think of the topics and and um, just letting you know, it'll help us out, it'll help the algorithms, algorithm. And plus, I like kind of like reading the stuff and interacting with you guys. I definitely read every single comment ever. All right, so salute to you guys here who's rocking with the KOT show. Um, and let let's get to it, man. And ah, today was one of those. Listen, man, the Knicks are out of the play-in, and there's certain things you want to see as a fan. When the Knicks are out of the play-in. And you want to see the youth play. You want to see the youth fly. fly. You want to see development from our young Knicks. Because we're, the, today is over. So when today is over. As Knicks fans. We want to look towards the future. Right. And today. Um, it, it, Tom Thibodeau once again. And I'm not surprised. He kind of almost. He tries to rob us of even looking to that future for the sake of I'm not sure I think he calls it development but I call it stupidity and today was another another example of that today he went with Alec Burke starting at the point guard position I don't know why he went that that way but he went with Alec Burke starting at the point guard position even with Randall out even with Obi Toppin in the starting lineup knowing that Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin have the one of the best chemistries in this game, um, even with McBride out. So it seemed like a layup to me with, you know, these Knicks not making the play-in to play some of these kids or start some of these guys who haven't been getting minutes to see what they have in the higher capacity. But lo and behold, Tom Thibodeau, Tibbs is tipping. Tibbs is tipping once again. And he has on his Tibbs colored glasses, and he feels like, Alec Burks and these guys are just straight up like Michael Jordan sometimes. And that's what we saw today. But it is what it is at this point. I I just I I don't even know what else to say about it. 
I don't even know what else to say about it. It's a it's one of those things where you just laugh at this point. You just absolutely laugh because starting IQ was just a layup to me today. It just was. Playing Sims longer minutes is a layup to me. It's, I I just don't get it. But that's besides this point. I'm I'm gonna get into this game. Um, I'm gonna start off with Obi talking. All right. I'm starting off with Obi topping, and I'm gonna just keep saying I told you so. I'm gonna just keep saying it. Obi topping is the real deal. He just needs to get minutes, and he's getting more and more comfortable. And the progression of Obi Toppin and, and the, the attitude of Julius Randle makes me believe more and more that we have to move our, Julius Randle at some point and let Obi Toppin keep popping. Because Obi, like I mentioned before, had a career high, you know, 20 points. He had 9 of 9 from the free throw line. And he's not a finished product, right? And... Julius Randle commands double teams, and he does things. But Obi Toppin, once again, and I'm sorry, these percentages are off. I'm sorry. He actually shot 50% from three. I'm sorry, guys. He shot 50% from three, 20 points, four assists, one steal. And once again, he's done his thing. And what I liked about Obi Toppin is the way he's done his thing. He looks very comfortable. Like, he, he has a... He has to improve his post game, right? But we saw glimpses of a post move. We also see that he's 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 kind of almost like a master, not a massive improvisation, but he seems like on the fly, he's he's doing things on the fly. And shout out to Ben to Benji who pointed this out. That's beneficial for this team. Not just cutting, but you know, taking it to the rack, cutting to the hole. Um, putting people in the post, on uh, putting people in the post. Larry Marketing is a guy that Obi should be cooking. Is a guy who's slow footed, can't keep up with Obi's speed, can't keep up with Obi's end to end speed, and Obi took advantage of that with twenty points. Plus, he's you know one of our most efficient finishers at the rim. He's it's one of those guys where he's when he's going to the rim, you know, you know he's going to finish, and it's funny because. Um, he had one of his more down games at the rim today, but he still finishes with 50% from the field. You almost feel, I almost feel, I'm almost surprised when Obi misses. And once again, looking at his assists, he has four assists on the night from your power forward. And Obi's passing instincts are beautiful. We've already seen him, we already seen him throw two lobs to a center. We saw him throw a lob to Mitchell Robinson. A couple of nights ago, we also saw him throw a lob to uh, Jericho Sims. And tonight, um, he has four assists on a night. And it just, I just, I'm just telling you, man, if this kid gets minutes and he starts to get 20 plus minutes a night, Obi is going to be fine. And I know the the Randall, the Randall, uh, the Randall Hive will say Randall might be better than Obi and la, 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 la. But. I'm I'm rather go with the the, the youthful enthusiasm of Obi Toppin than the attitude of Randall at this point. So I'm I'm rolling with Obi Toppin. Another great game from Obi Toppin. Um, so shout out to Obi Toppin for a career high twenty points and nine of nine from the free throw line from Obi Toppin. Shout out to Obi Toppin. Now 
also what I want to say is Emmanuel quickly pissed that he didn't start, right? First of all, you're breaking up the dynamic duo and Obi Top and Emmanuel quickly, and that is a crime against humanity in itself. That should not just that should not happen. Like, all right, coach. You may already made a bad decision in starting Alec Burks at this point in the season. Like you're trying to develop Alec Burks into the next uh, high high profile P PG. Bruh. That's already the first, bro. Right? Like the season is over. But on top of that, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly did not get minutes together on the floor until halfway or almost to the end of the third quarter, which is ridiculous to me. Which is another reason. Why this this the coach kind of baffles me because you already know from before that these two have the best chemistry on the team, and you're gonna start one and bench one, and not even look to stagger the minutes so both of them have opportunities to play to play together for longer stretches of time. They happen to play together towards the end by happenstance. That's only because Alec Burks got. Five fouls in the third quarter that they were even able to play together for a longer stretch. If that didn't happen, they wouldn't even play together for a longer stretch, which is ridiculous to me. And not only that, IQ outplayed Alec Burks in the first in the first half, and Alec Burks still had more minutes than than IQ. Alec, IQ had like twelve minutes in the first half to Alec Burks' seventeen. And this is not to say Alec Burks played bad because Alec Burks did not play bad. I Burks pretty well, at least in the uh, offense. You know what? Let me rephrase that. Offensively, Alec Burks didn't play bad. Defensively, he was an abomination, and so was R.J. Barrett. And quickly had his moments when he was pretty bad too. But I, but I digress. Like quickly had five assists in the first half alone, and he had less minutes. Than Alec Burks. I saw Alec, I saw quickly do something. I saw I saw quickly um have Ryan right next to him calling for the ball, moves Ryan to the other side of the court to clear the defender, to to play to call a pick and roll, to collapse defense, to get Alec Burks an open three. Like I'm seeing IQ actually direct traffic. I'm not even seeing Alec Burks calling plays out there on the fly and directing stuff. You know what I'm saying? It, it just seems so obvious that IQ has more AV command over the team now than Alec Burks does. Yeah, Alec Burks is playing starter. I just don't. I just don't get it. It doesn't make. The, it doesn't make sense to me. And on top of that, you already know Tibbs' excuse for playing Alec Burks. Uh, he's he's a he's a taller guard. He can play switchable defense. And, you know, he, he's here for defense. Garland was taking his cookies all night. Garland was taking it to Alec Burks all night. And not only that, there was instances where Alec Burks, you know, was switchable. And Alec Burks would be switched onto Levert. And then Levert would cook him. So even when the scheme was a switch, he got cooked anyway. So it was like there was no... It, it, it just seems like, especially today, there was no reason to play Alec Burks now listen, he had to Alec Burks had to play minutes today because because um 
because we had no Grimes today. We had no Cams today. McBride was out. So it is what it is. Alec Burks is going to get minutes regardless. But it just kills me that he, that, it just kills me that Tom was still trying to find a way to play him more minutes than usual. Even when things aren't working and you already know that what it is what it is with Tibbs. That's the biggest reason why Tibbs gets on a lot of people's nerves. And mine as well. And when you look at the overall scope of this team, it's hard. It's hard to evaluate, right? Because you can say, you can look at quickly, and you can say definitively that quickly has gotten better from the beginning of this season to the end of the season. Um, he's gotten better as a playmaker. He's gotten better. So you can say Tom has had a pretty good impact on Quickly's game, despite me nitpicking on the minutes that Quickly is getting. Like you can say, you can definitely say that. When it comes to other people like Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin to me is the the biggest casualty of Tom Thibodeau's coaching. And I'll say this before, and I'll say it again: Tom Thibodeau to me is a really good teacher. He's going to lay the foundation for these Knicks and teach them how to play um, proper basketball and get the fundamentals down to a T. He's going to drill that into you. And that way, that's what makes Tom Thibodeau Tom Thibodeau. That's what made him successful. That's what made him one of the 11th most winning coach in the NBA. But at the same time, he does not know when to pass the torch on to the younger kids after he teaches them and let them actually play out give examples of what he taught and that's been the biggest flaw from Tom Thibodeau um, and and that's all I have to say about that Karma gets humanity that Obi Top and IQ haven't played together but all in all IQ defensively didn't have his best game also feel like they, they kind of froze out Ryan Archianano who, who actually played really good defense on Darius Garland when the Knicks started to make their little comeback it was because they put Ryan on Darius Garland, and um, he did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. But IQ did a good job of, of orchestrating for the most part, um, getting into the paint, getting paint touches, kicking it out to shooters, and found Obi Toppin on a nice alley-oop when they got to play together for the time they did it. So um, didn't shoot well today. Um, it's crazy because even with his seven assists, I still feel like um, he could have passed the ball a little more. He had 17 sh field goal attempts. Um, I think that could have been down to like 14 or so. But I still appreciate um, the paint touches and the way he manipulated the the defense and drawing fouls. Even though he's 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 really the foul line today was crazy. He shot 50% from the foul line today, two or four. And he was the number two free throw shooter in the NBA, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah. Shout out to Quickly. That's all I have to say about Quickly. Not the best game, but still uh, seven assists on the night is pretty good. At uh, 29 minutes for the night. One of my main concerns today, and I haven't really talked about this yet. So far has been RJ Barrett. And RJ Barrett's defense. And somebody said it on Twitter that I completely agree. Uh, RJ, well, first of all, congratulations to RJ Barrett. He had a, he set a goal to score 20 points a game. 
and he's actually reached that goal. I think he's at 21, 20 point, uh, four points or nine points or something like that per game. Shout out to RJ Barrett who reached his goal for a season. But um, with that goal met, I think he kind of let go of the rope on his uh, on the defensive end. I saw a chart the other day, like last week, and it was and it had like, illustrated RJ's defensive production, and it was pretty much a straight arrow going down, like pretty much down to hell. RJ's defense was horrible today. Horrible. Um, he can't keep anybody. It seems like he can't keep anybody in front of him anymore. Are, like I still like you know, Garland's blowing by him. Everybody's blowing by him. I've, uh, the back door, him getting beat back door, has been an issue all season. You hear me talk about that all season with R.J. Barrett. But with him, it's kind of been like I've been. He's been good. He's been bad off ball at times, but he's been pretty good on ball for the last. I don't know. I feel like three weeks or so. He hasn't been good. On ball defensively, and, and I don't know if that's because of increased production, his increased usage. Um, but he needs to get a handle of that because he like it's it's pretty bad. You're looking at the plus minus of the night. R.J. Barrett negative twenty three, the worst plus minus on the entire team, and that's the defense has a lot to do with it. But also the offense, four of eighteen is crazy, twenty two percent from the field. Not good, and and it's not only that. It's, it's he gets he's starting to get a little bit too tunnel vision, you know, where he's going to the line. He's 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 drawing two of two two to three defenders, and those are the times where you lob to Mitch. Those are the times you kick out to shooters. Uh, he only had two assists on the night. Um, to be honest, I feel like that third quarter when the when the Cavs was making their push. RJ Barrett and IQ, the two guys I really like to run the team more, who I think can make good decisions. Um, I feel like they froze out Ryan, man. Ryan uh, Archidano was was playing pretty solid defense. Reward that man for playing. He he's been hitting shots. He shot two or three from the day, one or two from three. They were they were straight up treating my man like Jared Jeffries, like straight up. They, they were treating that kid like Jared Jeffries, like he didn't have a shot. And he's open for three a few times, and they straight up overlooked him and chose to go to the hole and drive. RJ didn't kick it to that man until like the fourth quarter when the game was over. So things like that have to be cleaned up. Like, don't don't treat that man like Jared Jeffries. Like, I, I know Ryan looks like a banker. Like, I know Lee looks like a doo-wop singer from the 60s. So that man got a jump shot. He can play. There's no reason why he played 21, 21 minutes. And he seemed to have a pretty decent shot. And only got three shots. And I think three of those shots were in the fourth quarter. Like, put some respect on my man's name. But Roy, that man for playing defense. Because none of y'all was playing defense the whole night. All right? RJ, IQ. Y'all was getting burnt all night. So reward that man for at least slowing down <laughs> Garland because he was the only reason why um, we even went on a run in that fourth quarter and because the, the Cavs stopped scoring for like two minutes when he was on Garland. I'm just saying. And Mitchell Robinson, 
Uh, seven points, two rebounds, only one offensive. Woo, rough game for Mitch as well. Um, yeah, you got to have more than two rebounds, dog. You got to have more than two rebounds. And I love Mitch three blocks on the night. I still feel like you got to pay that, man. But you got outplayed by, you know, a bunch of, of the G League rookies. And here's the thing. I get some of it because our point of attack defense was horrible from start to finish. So I get, I get why his rebound numbers were were, were bad at certain stints because he was helping out a lot. Also, at the same time, you got to do better, man. You, you got to, you can't give us two, <laughs> you can't just give us two rebounds on the night. And also, too. A lot of the times we saw 12, you know, Alec Burks had 12 rebounds on a night, one night. It's because Mitch is helping out for the blocks and the guards are helping out on the rebounds. So if Mitch is going to be in position to be, you know, if Mitch is going to be out of position trying to help out on the defensive end because our guards keep getting burnt all night, the guards, the power forwards, Obi Toppin, only have four rebounds on the night. You guys have to help on the boards. You can't just leave it to, to Mitch Robinson to save you if he's going to be helping all night long. Um, and that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about that. Um, and in the game, shout out to everybody who's rocking with the KOT show. Shout out to Gregory Lee. Shout out to Justin L. Shout out to Picks with Timmy. <laughs> shout out to uh, BD Gamble. I see Mo Bamba. Mobama is young and cheap. Listen, man, if you've been watching KOT's show since uh, since last year, last summer I was crying for Mobamba. I thought we should have traded Kevin Knox for Mobamba, but it's cool because you know we got we got we got Cam Reddish for Mo, for Kevin Knox. So if we can still get Mobamba here, I'll be all right with it. And um, I'm hoping that we get some Cam Reddish here next season. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll actually play him because. Tibbs has those Tibbs colored glasses on, and he thinks um, Alec Burks is Michael Jordan and our answer for the future. But I'm hoping, hoping that Cam gets some minutes, which is crazy because I love Alec. I actually like Alec Burks' game because I don't even want to. I don't even want to. I, I even feel bad criticizing Alec Burks too much because Alec Burks is a good player. Alec Burks is a good player. So I don't even want to criticize Alec Burks like that, like he's a bum because he's not. It's just, it's just that Tom Thibodeau is just—he doesn't know when to get let go of the reins and let the youth them play, and that's all I gotta say about that. But salute to you guys, man. Um, if also, man, we talked about Julius Randle last game, and if he should stay or if he's not, it's been rumored that Julius Randle um asked for a trade. He he came out and vehemently said. That he did not ask for a trade. He said it. Now, um, personally, I believe him. Here's why I believe Julius Randle when he says he didn't ask for it. Because Julius Randle, to me, is a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a guy, he's very easy to read. Like you know, you ever seen those people when they very easily? I don't know if you, if you have a girlfriend or a boy. You know when you when your girl or you ask your girl, "Yo, what's wrong?" 
And she goes, nothing. But she says nothing, but her whole aura, her whole body language says nothing. Julius Randall is one of them. He's he's very easy to read. Very easy. So when he says he, he didn't ask for a trade, I actually believe that he didn't ask for a trade. At the same time, his body language might be saying, I don't want to be here. His body language might be saying he's upset. Um, we already heard an audio of him talking about, you know, he, he said he feels like he's built for New York and he, he was upset that um, his child had to hear the booze and be escorted from the building and that's taking this toll of him. Uh, and maybe that could be it. Maybe that's a part of the reason why he's been upset. Who knows? Um, but I do believe that he actually does. He did not ask for a trade. Now, do I still want him gone? Absolutely. I want him gone still. I still feel like he's not a leader for this team. And it's not even it's not even that he has to be even a leader for his team. He just has to not blow things up. He has to not blow things up, and Tom Thibodeau has to hold him accountable. And that's why I want him to move, and I want Obi to kind of take that spot good for, for, for better or for worse. But I, I personally don't think he asked for a trade. Um, shout out to the chat, though. If you want to call in and give your opinion on the whole Julius Randle debacle, give your opinion on this game, give your opinion on anything I said, or, or even want to just talk about something I missed, there is a number at the bottom. All you got to do is call 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. The number is at the bottom of the graphic right there. You can call in and talk to your boy Jealous. All right. First caller up. We already have my guy of the stats and the facts, my man, Big Reaper. Big Reaper. Let us know, man. What you want to talk about? Check one, check two. Check one, check two. Is Big Reaper is Big Reaper still on the line? Hold on, man. No, you know what? My, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, I'm sorry, I had the volume down. Maybe that's what the problem was. Say something. Check one, check two, check one. Hello, hello, hello. All right, Fritz, can you hear me? Is Big, is Big Reaper still on the line, Fritz? Are we having technical difficulties? All right, I guess while we wait for that, I'm not sure what happened with Fritz or Big Reaper. But um I guess we can we can we can uh we can address some of these comments in the chat in the in the, in the meantime, all right? Uh shout out to Agent Super Argo it says none of the players none of the players none of the players are at fault including Julius. This season's loss was on the front office and tips. You're muted? Hey Fritz, are you there? Uh, Civil Analyst uh, Reaper said he's muted. 
Maybe something happened to Fritz. But you know what? I will say this. Um, for Agent Super Argo, none of the players are at fault, including Julius. I absolutely... I feel like there's like fault to go around. I definitely feel like there's fault to go around. The front office swung and missed at bringing Kimball Walker here for sure. Julius Randle checked out of the season for a month in December. Like, he absolutely checked out. Randall was playing with an even if like and miss shots aside, right? Because we all had questions whether Randall can hit shots or not. Miss shots aside, he didn't play with the tenacity that he had last season on the defensive end. And I still remember there was an episode where uh, Boris Burke mentioned it. She was watching a Knicks game. I think it might have been Knicks Dallas and. It, Knicks um, Hawks and she said this is the most hustle I've seen out of Julius Randle on a defensive end in his entire career and it makes you think man did he just get his money and mail it in on a defensive end this season because you did not see that tenacity for a whole month in December and that part and that December month was pivotal because we were kind of still in the hunt so I, I blame, uh, you know, so jump shots come and go for sure. But I blame him for not having that tenacity in December. And I feel like he picked it up more so in February. And now and, and that plus the attitude to me was, was a huge issue. And to me, it's up to Tibbs to recognize when your player, especially your star player, is not playing well and have the guts to, to bench him. So that's where I feel like, you know, Tibbs and Julius played a part in that. Now the front office signed Kimber Walker. That was a huge that was a miss. Evan Fournier, he did he did what he was supposed to do. He shot threes. He played make sometime. He did what he was supposed to do. But um I feel like uh <laughs> The front office, I feel like Julius Randle absolutely has some some stake in some skin in the game when it comes to the blame. Shots of yo, um, I'm not sure where Fritz Fritz went. Oh, you're at work. Okay, shout out to Fritz, yo. Gunshots for Fritz. I didn't know Fritz was at work. Fritz is at work, man. In the phones, man. You a real MVP. I didn't know that. Yeah, put a patch reaper through, uh, Fritz. Thanks. Thank you. And let me know if there's any other callers on the line as well. Oh, reaper jumped off. Okay. I'm sorry. Hey, reaper, get back on if you have a chance. And um, Fritz will patch you through. Shout out to my man Fritz, the hardest working man in Nick's in uh in Nick's mod history. <laughs> Doing two jobs at once. Super chats are welcome as well. It helps keep the things going. I definitely I definitely will be hitting up hitting up Fritz with some dough from the super chat money. So shout out to my guy Fritz. <laughs> and thank you for helping us out, man. 
Adele, let me get the number. All right, cool. The number is. Oh, I'm sorry. I, the number is not on the screen. I'm gonna switch to switch the graphics so you can see the number. The number is three one nine five two seven six two four one. That's three one nine five two seven six two four one. The number is right there at the bottom of the screen. All right. Yeah, man. Fritz is the, Fritz is the MVP right now. Fritz is definitely the MVP right now. And shout out to Obi Toppin, man. I missed up Obi Toppin's stats. I had him shooting 38% from the field. And he shot 50% from the field. My bad, Obi. I, I need to put some respect on your name. Alright. Gregory Lisa's fault goes all around, but last season we made more with less mostly. Is Tibbs not all but most? Yeah, man. And like I said, I also listen, I also blame I also blame Tibbs for his lack of experimentation. Even his asinine comments today when he talked about his reasons for starting Alec Burks, he pointed to, you know, Alec being having it be the success of the group versus success of Emmanuel quickly, and then said the group has performed better with Alec Burks. Now, Alec Burks has played well with the group. He he that's not he has played well with the group. But if you're looking at the eye test, if you're looking at numbers, um, IQ to me beats. Beats uh, Burks in both regard. IQ has a higher net rating than Alec Burks with with the groups. He's shooting better than than Alec Burks. He has more paint touches. Like I don't get it. I just I just don't get I don't get his obsession. And plus, it's funny. Um, I was getting kind of a little back and forth with somebody on Twitter. And he put up a stat to, to justify IQ not being able to play point guard. And he says, oh, IQ's only played 10 minutes, 10 games at point guard playing more than 30 minutes a game. And it's like, well, Alec Burks has played way more than 10. And IQ's numbers are better. His percentages are better and his assists are on par. So why not go with IQ? Just to see if it works out. You can't you can't say ten games. In statistics, the more games you play, the more data you have to make an assumption of a player. You cannot make an assumption on a player in his career off of ten games. So uh, it's kind of asinine to say I saw ten games. That's it. And then the ten, and you look at the ten games numbers, and the ten games numbers aren't even that bad. Especially when you consider it that the ten games numbers are better than Alec Burks's ten game numbers, Alec Burks's numbers at thirty minutes a game. So it, all that made no sense to me. But I digress. Shout out to Fritz. Fritz, I'm not sure if you see any more callers. I'm, I'm going to see if I can actually log in, if I'm able to log into the blog talk, because I'm not sure if I can or not. No callers? Okay. 
So um, I know somebody said they was calling in. I think Adele. Adele, are you able to call in? Adele Chapman, you able to call in? Justin L says, 22% of our cap money next season goes to Burks, Kemba, and Noel. A total of $28.4 million, and D-Rose will be making $14.5 million. That's about $43 million between the four next season, and three of them couldn't stay on the court this season. That's a, and that's a good point. Noel's defense has been tremendously underrated this season. Um... Picks for Timmy is on the phone. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Hey, yo. yo. What up, Salute Jay Ellis? What's going on, Picks, man? Good to hear you, sir. Good, 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 yo. Yo, man, look. I can't take another year of Tibbs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, man. We got to do something, man. Like, I don't know if we got to go down to MSG and get a picket line going or something, man. But, yo, like, let's really talk about it, yo. Like, all the problems, man. That, that we're seeing right now as far as the the lack of chemistry with the team, what's going on with Julius Randle, even today, RJ going through his struggles today. These are all things that could be addressed by coaching, man. Yeah. Like, as a coach, bro, like, it's not even just about the X's and O's sometimes. Like, sometimes it's about actually being able to have a pulse on the, the feelings and the emotions of the squad, man. Exactly. And um, that's like <laughs> good point, bro. Like that's some of the stuff we talk about. My bad, be go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. You rocking? You cooking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. See, Jay Ellis, that's why we need you on the sidelines, because you, you can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we we talking about quick not having the opportunity to be out there to start tonight, man. That that was like you said, bro. A layup, layup, a layup. That was a layup. You know what I'm saying? Like, quick has been cooking for how long? And I can't help but 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 stop and go back and think about. I, I think what most Knicks fans have been thinking about is the way that we played inside of the Heat game. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. playing the the number one team in the East. We finally get the chance to see the kids go out there and cook for a little bit, and then all of that just goes out of the window like it never even happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing the front office down there on the sidelines, walking out the game, high-fiving everybody. Giant, Johnny Bryant's on the on the, on the the court, high-fiving everybody. Facts. Julius is, is going out to dinner. To, yo, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, man? What is going on, yo? Like, yo, somebody please, like, like tell us. You know what I'm saying? And it's like we get a lot of – there's just so much to address right now, storyline-wise, because – you get, you know, the pieces that are going on with the selections that the front office made during the offseason. You know what I'm saying? You get what's going on with Tibbs, which I think is really the focal point. And then you get Julius coming back into this year thinking that he's going to be the man, but you get the ascension of R.J. Barrett being a 20-point scorer this year. Right. And if you have all of that culminating together, and it's Tibbs' job to be able to manage that, bro. Yeah. But this man is dead set on playing vets, bro. Yeah, playing vets, bro. It's like, it's like Tibbs is one of those old folks, bro. Like, you would buy him a brand new car, yo, but he still go hop in that in that Corolla, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he don't care what type of new whip you got, yo. He's he's wearing the same pants, same shirt every day. He's like, yo, this joint works, bro. I I don't need nothing else. My vets, bro. That's a fact. I'm like, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is a fact, man. That is a fact. He Yo, don't trust man. none of these new nothing. He's like, oh no, give me give, give me my Buick and let's move. Like I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> I don't need none of these new features. I don't need no AC. Whoa. Roll the window down. Like, come on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, sir. Like, this is not what we need. Yo, man. <laughs> it's so crazy because I think it's like our outlook with Tibbs, right? Like, it makes you forget how bright um, the, the future actually is, you know what I'm saying, with, with Cam and Ovi and McBride and Grimes. And these guys are like, yo, like, there's not a lot of teams, you know, that can say that they got kids that can really ball like that. Like, we got kids that can actually hoop. Yeah, we can. And if we actually get some chemistry out there with all of them together in some time, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, my gosh. We just uh, need him to get the get the program. And, and that's on the front office. I mean, listen, man, the front office, they, they, picked, they picked the coach who they picked, and they wanted to kind of win now, but I think they miscalculated on certain things. And, and that certain thing is how he uses – the youth, man. Like he, 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 he continuously does not like to use the youth for long stretches. And as much of a good teacher as he is, that could be our demise when we have to make decisions on God. Like on Cam is Cam is my biggest worry next season. Be- oh man, Cam is my Yo, biggest worry. Like, next is he season. even going to get the time? Like, is he even going to get the? And it's a contract year next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, bro. man. Yo, yo, thanks for calling. Yo, really good to hear you, man. My man was cooking. <laughs> I hit the gunshots and you couldn't tell for you, pick. Salute, <laughs> <laughs> salute, salute, yo. I gotta I gotta go ahead and start calling in a little bit more. Usually, you know, the the family be up, yo. My kids be jumping all over me, yo, so I don't even get the time, yo. But definitely, you. man. Love the show, man. Jay Ellis, y'all cook it up, man. I love I, I love the show, bro. Like, please keep chopping it up, bro. I appreciate you, man. Shout out to my guy picks for Timmy, man. Shout out to my guy picks. Good to hear for you, man. Good to hear for you. Finally came in. And picks be rolling hard, yo. Picks be, picks for Timmy be rolling hard for, for KOT for sure, yo. I really appreciate it. All right, yo. I had a point that I wanted to mention, and I had it in my head, and it escaped me. It escaped me for a second. Hopefully, I find that that thought again. But um. If we don't have Tibbs, man, which I, I know we're gonna have Tibbs, but I really want I really want to make the call for Mike Woodson. I feel like Mike Woodson. I know people talk about Johnny Bryan. I, I like Johnny Bryan as well, but I want Mike Woodson to be the next head coach, man. Like, just call him and tell him come back, son. Come back home. <laughs> come back home. I feel like he has his personality to to deal with all these guys and all these characters. Like picks what Timmy said, he can manage not just the game. But also attitudes um, and personalities. Bring back, yeah, I want to bring back Mike Woodson next season. That'd be my ideal, and I feel like he's gonna be, he's gonna have um, more of a pulse for the kids, for sure. Oh, okay, we got three callers up. I right, shout out to the callers, man. Next caller up, we got Big Reaper. Big Reaper, let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. Yo, I uh, feel picks for Timmy because, like, uh, during the day, normally don't call during the day because, you know, I got three kids and they all be up screaming. So uh, <laughs> if you start hearing some crazy loud noises, you can just hang up. That gang, that gang. <laughs> but, like, uh, <laughs> 
But, yeah, like, for real, like, I know, with Tibbs, you guys already know how I feel about him. It's not even really, for me, he's not really just the X's and O's. I just think he's a bad leader. And I had no idea until this year, until I kind of really saw everything. Um, and regarding that, the one thing I noticed recently that you guys noticed, um, I think it was a few games ago, where all of a sudden when they come in from timeouts, everybody on who's coming in dap up. They're trying to dap every, each other up. Like, they try to try to dap them all up. He never really used to do that before, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like somebody told him, hey, you need to start doing more stuff to kind of like help, you know, with the camaraderie and like the chemistry of the team. And also I think that it kind of signifies that there's something really going on with the team. Like there's a, a like a split in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, was like after that Bulls game, with everything that came out after that, they must have had a huge meeting or something especially given the fact that uh, they decided to play um, Julius the next, that Hornets game. If you looked at Julius on a defensive end, he wasn't even trying. He It was like a lot of games he was playing at the Garden this year where he just wasn't even really making an effort. Right. And like what you were saying earlier with Julius, you can tell when he's not trying, when he's not even trying to give an effort because he's kind of that kind of guy. He's got the body language where you can tell. You can tell his attention by his body language. Absolutely. And so that's kind of what that looked like when he was playing um, that Hornets game. And I think they had a huge meeting or something. And it seems like the rest of the team, honestly, it felt like on the defensive end, the whole team kind of checked out a little bit. RJ sort of checked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, on the defensive end, and obviously he was definitely checked out today. <laughs> oh, but yeah. RJ has been struggling. Like um, he's been struggling since he started take. He decided to take over. Well, not since he decided, but since he started asserting himself a little more in the offensive end. Like this is weeks ago, right? Um, he he really started trailing off on the defensive end, and it's kind of crazy because right before then I was talking about how he's he's become this really good two way player, and then right off the bat he just had a. I mean, he's been having a stretch of really bad defensive games. Yeah. Um, and in terms of uh, playmaking, you were talking about before. Look, I mean, Julius Randle, the fact that he's good enough to draw a double team and he kicks it out to the three-point line, that's good in everything. But that's his value, yeah. Like you said, you notice he doesn't, like, in terms of playmaking, like, IQ and RJ are better playmakers because they, like, find people at the rim. If you know that they're, like, the only two guys on the team that can find people easy baskets. I think people forget, like, playmaking is finding your teammates easy basket, not finding them shots that, like, 30 feet away. Not everyone can shoot a shot that's, like, you know, I'm sorry, not 30 feet, maybe 24 feet away. Not everyone can hit shots, you know, from the three-point line. The mark of a really good playmaker is getting them easy baskets at the rim, easy layups. And the only and we only got two guys that can do that. Yep. And so our and, and you know Julius is not one of them. You know, I think this year I think I've only seen him like uh, get a maybe I'm probably wrong, but I've only seen him make get someone one pat one uh, one shot at the rim this year. Um, so I mean that kind of it's been more than one, but you're not far off with your assessment. It's been like yeah, it's, it's very not, rare. Yeah, it's like five or it's like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I've seen I've seen it only once this year. Yeah. I guess that's why you know that's why I'm wrong. I've only seen yeah. it once. Five is still but not if like you, if you see yeah, a big number from one. <laughs> so it's not like it's like a yeah. huge difference. But yeah, it's for the whole ahead. season, right? For yeah, the whole exactly. season, that's crazy. <laughs> so but if you see with IQ, even now with O B, with RJ, they get someone one shot at the rim like every game. Yeah. You know? You know, like now that's playmaking. I think people get like confused, you know. 
I mean, like, look, he's a very talented dude, you know, 2010 and five. And the only reason that the reason why that 2010 and five doesn't mean anything because he doesn't have the defense and then he doesn't have the efficiency. Giannis is shooting 52% from the field. Julius is shooting 41%. Joker is shooting 57%. And Julius is shooting 41%. That's like, you're talking about a 16% points uh, difference. Like, Julius this whole year, if you look at one-on-one matchups, he's like minus, I think if, he's basically a negative on the court. His uh, matchups are consistently more efficient than he does, than he is. And it's like by, I think it's at least 1% more efficient than he is on, a, on average for the season. So, uh, you know, the, and that's not even – even if you look at the uh, the net rating, it's even worse. But if you look at his one-on-one matchup, he's like – I think he's about 1% less efficient than his opponents all the time. So it's – I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's he's not even really as good as people make it seem like he is. Uh, but in terms of Tibbs, I mean, I mean I've said enough about that. The front office, um, they screwed up. Like, you know, they leaned on the analytics team for Evan Fournier and, and Kemba Walker. But, like, I think a lot of times it just depends so much on those net ratings, those team stats. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of dig into individual stats, they're, just, they're also like minus players. And you kind of tend to find out if you look at their individual stats, like as far as their matchups, and then you compare it to the net rating, you kind of start to realize the teams are carrying them. You know, they're not actually, and if you look at it, it probably drags on the team. And so, it, like, for them to, you know, because at least that's what I heard, the analytics were the guys that kind of came, um, came to the front office with the idea, mm-hmm. and that's why they went with it. But it was just a bad idea, and, and for the fact that that's what they're, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the buck stops with the uh, Leon Rose, and he hired them, and they screwed up. And gave him bad advice, uh, so it is what it is. But yeah. I do hope they do the right thing and make some changes this year, man. It's, uh, because it's, I don't know what they're going to do next year. God, like I said, if they bring back Tibbs next year, they think they're going to have a fourth year. That's not <coughs> going to happen. They're not getting a fourth year, and it's, it's just only because of the fact that it's their four is going to be four years in. So yeah, well, it's funny. That's pretty much all I got, man. All right, yeah, I appreciate you, Reaper. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. All right, cool, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I do feel like the moment you do fire the coach, I feel like the timeline speeds up, whereas, like, you have one more coach before you get fired. You know what I mean? Like, it's, um, and I'll say this, too. I, my biggest fear with firing the coach, not that I want to keep him, but my biggest fear of firing the coach is, um, is RJ – not seeing a stable franchise because RJ at this point, from what I'm seeing, still kind of backs um, Thibodeau. And if Thibodeau gets moved and RJ's still here, I, he might see that as a sign like things ain't going right or whatever. So I don't know. So even, I mean, you might have to take care of uh, signing RJ for an extension before you even do something like that. If, if we do decide to do that, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I digress. All right. Next caller up, we got our guy, uh, Chapman from Queens. Chapman, let us know what you want to talk about, man. Hey, what's up, man? It's always a pleasure to uh, just kick it with you, man, and uh, just mad luck, period. You know how how we do. Absolutely. (laughs) Salute to you, man. (laughs) uh, Let's see, man. Uh, Yo, you ever seen that movie Wolverine when uh, uh, he's in Japan? 
and everybody's just shooting arrows. That 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 reminds me of Tim taking all the arrows for Julius on defense, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's an easy way to change that. You sub him out. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. That is true. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, all right. Hypothetical question. Okay. What value would you give uh, RJ? If you decide, you know what, I'm just going to blow it all up. <laughs> well, I, I, obviously, I don't think that, that's what you would do, but uh, hypothetically, just, you know, just two guys talking. <laughs> just two guys talking. Well, nobody nobody <laughs> here, just us two. No, just, just, you know, let's see. Let, let's see. What, what do you, you think uh, it would be worth the squeeze or no? If we were to trade RJ, trade RJ. I'm not trading RJ at this point. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not. What, what do you think his value would be? Oh, you think his value would be to trade RJ? I mean, no, no. What, what, what? I'm just more asking what his value would be. If we were to trade RJ, what would it be? Um, yeah. that's a hard question to ask on the fly. I mean, I guess it would be. A few firsts. It'll be either be a few firsts or or another promising young player in exchange. That's the way I, I would look at it. If if that were to happen, but I would I definitely wouldn't do that. I would uh I would I would just I would try to if I I would try to personally use put shooters around RJ if anything since he likes to go to the hole so much. And uh, especially having a stretch five wrong and stretch four and and then go that way, a la the LeBron James ish mode. Shout out to all the dads out here. Who's, who's... Yo, bro, <laughs> hey, listen, man. I wanted to call earlier, but my my stuff, just like uh, the a couple other callers, bro. Kids, <laughs> kids take just when you want to do something doesn't mean you can't do it because they're all around and jumping on you and. They need that love, bro. But, I, uh, I feel you. Yeah, I just wanted to say what's up. And uh, man, let's see. One, two. Oh, man, I, I I really don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just, uh, I'm like, all right. Why not? If what would happen if we would blow it all up? Got it. Blowing it all up would be probably just RJ. Everything else was just like. Yeah. I mean, his. It, it, not established pieces, so. <laughs> Right, right. Like, yeah, I'm not blowing it all up. And and here's the thing: we're not, we're not, we have so many young guys here. There's nothing to really blow all up. You know what I mean? Like, we have young pieces here. We just need to blowing up for us is like moving Randall, Randall, Evan, and Burks. And Noel. And, and Noel. And Noel for picks and young pieces. That's blowing it up. For us, and that, and but we still at at that point still have a lot of our core. Oh, we we can still have Ob Grimes, McBride quickly. So blowing it up is not you know it's not too super crazy for me. You know, you think our draft picks are worth anything, man? Like, or is, is it just my sort of drafting stats and you know keep it moving? Or I mean, the package though. It depends on what you, if you package them for some of the stuff, then it could be worth something. But I know. What the Dallas, we have the Dallas pick still in our grasp, but Dallas is still making the playoffs, so it's not going to be super high first round. But, you know, 
our draft pick might be worth something because our team still isn't really good all the way. So it still might be worth something. But um, yo, thanks for calling in. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the next hey. caller. I appreciate cool. you, sir. No, definitely, man. Just wanted to kick it with you for a little bit. Absolutely. And my son's in the closet now. <laughs> all right. Yeah, shout out to your son, man. Tell him get right, grab an RJ jersey from the closet. All right. <laughs> all right. Salute to you, man. Next caller up, we got our guy Joseph from NY. Hello, Jay. Um, I've been watching New York Knickerbockers and basketball from 1967, and I just like to share a few observations. I sure. I hope that there may be some enlightenment in it. One of the things, many times, like shows like yours, fans are always talking about trading this individual. Uh, this person's not good. Uh, what is our objective to win a championship? Right. To win a championship is like building a house. You have to first have a foundation. You also must know the materials necessary and the method of building the house. So what's the foundation for the Knicks? Well, the Knicks have an established foundation. They still haven't figured out what materials. They hired a coach that is generally licensed veterans, but they then get a lot of young players. Right. They, and this was an emotional move on the part of Rose because he has a connection with uh, Thibodeau. And um, so, I agree. for the Knicks to be good, like teams like, look at teams like Boston, the, uh, the Grizzlies, these teams are developing young players with an excellent coach. And one of the foundations of a basketball team is defense. And Fizz was supposed to be known for defense, but he hasn't come through. Further, one of the things that he does do is that he is partial to certain players and his lack of disciplining or directing Julius is very counterproductive. To me, Fizz is a... My perspective is really his his ability is really as an assistant defensive coach, and that's what he was in Boston, where he could concentrate on I that. I agree. I think I, I look at him, and he doesn't know how to manage a game proficiently. He has his partiality, you know, how he's partial. His in-game management is off. Uh, the young people, he kind of. Uh, some of them he mistreats like OP, OB, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so first we need to establish what type of system, what goal, first of all, what goal we have as championship. How are we going to get there? Well, how are you going to get there? Well, you have young players. And one of the things, too, that kids got to know, he can't identify the skill sets of the players that. A lot of people say trade uh, Burks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because... He, they have him at point guard. He's not a point guard. No, he's not. He is a guy that comes off the bench when your team is not doing well, and then you need a spark, you bring him in. Same thing with IQ. He's placing IQ in a position of a point guard, and he's done fairly well, but he's not a point guard. He's a Lou Williams type of player. He comes in. I would like to see McBride and Grimes 
where you would increase your offense, and the only point guard you have there other than Rose that has played point guard is McBride. When I watch um, IQ, one of the things you see when he gets the ball and he's running down, there are guys on the wings that he doesn't even pass to them. He's looking to get in the middle. He's looking to see if his shot's over. If he doesn't have a shot, then he'll pass the ball. He'll get the ball back, and then he shoots. And this is on Fizz because he's placing people out of their position. So what they need to do, what do they need to do? Well, first of all, they need to identify these players' skill sets and probably put them where Fizz has to go because he is not a head coach. He is a defensive assistant. And though he's like a, you're promoting a sous chef to a five-star restaurant, he is not a great chef. He's a sous chef. But because Leon Rose had a connection with him, he was, yeah. I don't demonize him. It's just that that's the reality. Now, what type of coach do you want? Well, I like what Boston's coach is doing. I like what uh, Grizzlies' coach is doing. They're, they're young. They're, they're, look, at, look at Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies they're winning are, without John Moran. Crazy. They're winning crazy. without John Moran. They're balling without Moran. They're balling without John Moran. Because they understood about basketball. Basketball is a simple game. I remember when the Knicks won their championships. It was about the open man. It, you know, finding who is hot, setting up plays and so forth. And everyone could at least to some degree handle the ball and sh- hit the jump shot. But today, what we're having too, as much as I like Curry, I love Curry, but what has happened in the NBA today is that you got a lot of players coming in, shoot three-pointers, and, and not utilizing – for instance, uh, the mid-range shot. Right. A lot of players, when they go to the rim, they go to the rim. They don't stop and take a jump shot like uh, DeRozan. DeRozan has shown the beauty of half-court shooting. And so a great team, a good team, has a balance of both. You can't just come down and take a three-point shot. But a lot of players are doing that. And a lot of fans don't understand. The NBA today is for millennials who are used to, uh, what's that, NBA uh, Y2K? They're used to that scoring. The NBA has designed to that. And I like to see some defense, you know. I like right, to see right, the defense. Right. And one of the things I like, didn't you like the change when they didn't have this these guys like, um, what's his name, uh, Harden, even IQ to Sonnery and Trey Young, where they're initiating an offensive move and the defensive players, is not getting credit for having a good position. Didn't you notice how the NBA at least modified that and it's, it's made the game a little bit, you know, contesting because it, today in sports, offense is being utilized a lot, even in football or baseball. Offense, offense, because young people, that's basically enough. You don't hear them talking about defense as much as they talk about offense. And they talk about defensive scheme, but guys don't know how to defend their man one-on-one. You have no center to block, consistently yeah, block. Most yeah. of you stretch fours. Yeah, you need both, it, The you game has both. changed. You need both. Yeah, you need both. But more important than skill set, or just as important, is the mentality that some of these players have. It's about being smart. Not just getting a, an athletic player, 
but a smart player, player that's smart and wants to work. And that's why when we look at Ante, uh, Giannis, it's a beautiful thing to see this man yeah. progress and learn skills, mm-hmm. plays that develop skills. They don't. They, when we see Julius, Julius doesn't play defense. We see LeBron. They talk about LeBron getting 30 points a game. Yeah, if I play here, of course, I get 30 points a game too. The man doesn't play defense except once in a while. So when I'm looking at the game, uh, it's nice to see the plays. They're a lot of athletics and so forth. But I like the beauty of some defense. Absolutely. I like the beauty of moving the ball. And that's the type of team that Knicks should have. Because the I Knicks agree. are the championship, move the ball. These teams. And as far as Woodson, Woodson was a good coach. But let me just say this. And uh, I'm not putting him down or anything. He was a good coach. But even in Atlanta, he was still an ISO coach, with like with Melo and so forth. I want a coach that moves everybody's in the play, everybody's in the play. Now, we know some will be dominant, but more people are in the play, cut screens, and also smart enough to know how to – for instance, some of these guys, Clyde brings it out so beautiful. Like, for instance – Good point. If your man's on the baseline, don't let him have the baseline. Right, yeah. Don't and also if you have the ball, don't go to the sideline. That's simple stuff. I mean, come on. No point. So it's a pleasure talking to you, Jay. Do you right. have anything to ask me? Um, because I've been on no, shows. Yeah. I've been invited. I was just do co on shows like San. I was invited on shows at Rockefeller Center with, uh, I forgot the name, old host, WLIB, mm-hmm. back in the days in the 80s and 70s, 80s. I used to go on the shows. I remember when Hugo okay, Brown was OG. first. All right, that's what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember Hubie Brown came to the Knicks and they asked me, and one of the fans, her name was Michelle Musler, she used to have a seat behind her, she's passed away. And they asked us, what do you think about Hubie? Well, I said, well, we said that in three years he'll, or four years he'll be fired, but he'll bring some defense. And what you call it is a Hubie Brown clone. Right. He's with Tom Thibodeau in some ways he's a Hubie Brown. He is demanding, but he's partial, and you can't have that. And yeah. as far as Julius is concerned, he has to go. Julius has to he go. He has to go, man. Yeah. yeah. He has to go. Gotta go, and uh, you have a few veterans, but you gotta let these young boys play. But you gotta get another coach. Yeah. You really, and this year, Leon Rose. See, right now, Thibodeau's getting the heat, and Leon Rose and uh, what's it called did a nice job at the draft. But why you hire a a guy that you know? Why you hire food for a seafood restaurant and then hire a guy that does barbecue? That's Thibodeau's the barbecue guy. The plays that he has, he's not, he's not playing young persons. He was not the type of player. I mean, coach to develop young players. I agree but I enjoy you. your show. I agree and you. how is Raw doing? Raw Raw is good, man. Raw doesn't do uh, no. His weekends is 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 for him, and he's like a religious yeah. guy, so he's not available for the weekends and certain days. Yeah, but Raw Raw is yeah. good, man. He'll he'll be back for sure. Well, you tell Raw, I, I like a lot of his tapes. But when he says that Tim's a good coach, I, I want him to tell me what qualifies because coaching is more than uh, – see, what happens with the fans here is that we had so many bad coaches, like Fisdale and so forth, then when Thibodeau came, yeah. he had some order, 
He had some order. Yeah. He seemed to know what he was doing. Exactly. And so they said that because in contrast to what he had. But you don't set that. You get the best. You don't get the, just get this. But yeah, I like I listening to the fans. They all have their point of view. And I appreciate you very much. Maybe I'll call sometime in the future all and right. share what little things I know. All right. Thank you for your patience and kindness. All right. Salute to you, Joseph, man. Gunshots with man Joseph, man. Called through with the, with the, the, the facts. And you are right about Woodson, man. You are right about I did I forgot. I do remember Woodson being super ISO heavy and leaning on Mello when he was here a lot. And I remember him having uh, press conferences talking about why not give your ball to the best player in in, in a situation. So I, all good points, man. All good points. And and I I do like that uh that's that comparison of a, a sous chef. And you, you got barbecue uh, ingredients. <laughs> I do like that comparison. Because, you know, the front office has done a lot of good. They've got a lot of good players here. And you even heard me talk about the reason why I even want to move Alec Burks. is not because Alec Burks is a bad player. Is that I feel like Tips is going to be here. And he's going to overuse him. And he's going to be using him in, in spaces and, and at times when he shouldn't be used. And that's the biggest problem. Like, if I can, like, Jedi mind trick Tibbs to move to, like, you know, not play Burks and keep him and play him in his proper role, I'll be perfectly fine with Burks being here. Like, perfectly fine. It's just that this this coach is, I don't know. This coach, I don't know. I don't even know what to think of this coach, man. But all good points from my man, Joseph. Uh, thanks for calling in. And um, you also want to talk about something else, too, um, about the point guard situations. Um, do we have any more? First of all, do we have any more callers left, Fritz? No more callers? All right, cool. The caller is smarter than Tibbs. Yeah. Now, for sure. For sure. One thing I want to ask you guys is... Um, and I was watching Ian Begley, and he was talking a little bit about the Jalen Brunson situation. We already know Jalen Brunson is one of these guards who's going to be available in the offseason. Um, what do you – how do you, are you guys with, with quickly playing the way he is, right? And you know quickly is not 100% a pure point guard. He's like a storing guard. Today was a good example of that, you know? Like, quickly gave you seven assists. Right? To me, still a better option at point guard than Alec Burks. By far, to me. Because he's because what, is, what do point guards do? What do guards do? They create open shots for other players. And I've been saying it all along. He's created more open shots than anybody else this season. And in a more variety of ways, too. Um, and that's been important since Derrick Rose hasn't even been available. But I digress. With quickly emerging, right, and stepping up his play, not a pure point guard, but still a better point guard than he was beginning of the year, are you guys, do you guys still want to bring in Jalen Brunson for $20 million a year? Like how how high are you guys still on that? Because we still have Derrick Rose here, 
and I know he's kind of forgotten, man. We still have Derrick Rose here. Um, and once he's back next season, I'm not sure how many games he's going to play, but he might play more games than he did last season. I mean, this season. We still have Derrick Rose here. We still have McBride here, who hasn't really got a full shot. And we still have Quickly, who can play point guard as well. So do you feel like you would take that $20 million and give it to... Give it to Jalen Brunson, knowing you have, you know, you have uh, Mitchell Robinson, who you might want to bring back. You can chime in on Brunson. Picks for Timmy says not at all. Uh, SB Elbay says I love IQ, but he doesn't get all the way to the basket. He doesn't get all the way. To, he's gone all. He's gone all the way to the basket um, more times than not in the second half of the season, and he's been in the paint more. So, uh, but I get it. It's still not a, a huge. Um, he's not getting to the basket as much as D Rose was back in the day, or nothing like that. But a lot better this season. A lot better in his run too. Um, shout out to BKNY Gunshot Seed. Says a five super chat says give IQ the starting job, give OB the starting job. No Jalen Brunson, please. Okay. JT Reddick gives a four nine nine super chat and says yeah. Salute to the Coyote. I hate the way they froze out Ryan. He had some good open looks in the third that could have helped instead of chucking. Yeah, I didn't like that at all, man. I didn't like that, and that's like the good and bad with RJ and IQ. Like they both can get tunnel vision sometimes. Even though they both have the ability to break down the defense and create open shots for people. And um, IQ had it cooking in the third quarter, too, for a stint. But they both looked off Ryan when he was wide open a few times. And Ryan could shoot. So, I don't know. I didn't get that. But I digress. Thank you for the super chat, though. It's going to gonna help a lot. Um Nick Yak says, quickly shooting 39% and 34 from three, averaging three assists in 30 minutes. Give me a break. Brunson shooting 50% with four assists with Doncic. Um, Four assists with Doncic. Get this man. So Nick Yak is for bringing in Brunson. Now I feel you. I feel you if that's what your take is. I guess how many short guards do you want on his roster? You know what I mean? How, how how many short guards do you want on this roster? I think we're going to run into a certain problem. I guess that's my thing about it. And also, quickly can get better. Quickly can get better. Like, his March numbers, I think I actually have him. He's averaging, what, 16 points a game. Quickly has been shooting better since he's been thinking less. I'll say that. Quickly has been shooting better since he's been thinking less. So he's been shooting in March like 47% from the field, 42% from three. And that number should be at 16%, 16 points per game now. So he had a dip all season, but he's been on fire in March. So you hope he, he hoping he increases that production. You know what I'm saying? Now I get it, though. You feel like 
I mean, it's still a, it's still a, a solid point. I'm not knocking your point though, Nick uh, Nick Yak, because he's he's more proven and he's done that for a long periods of time, and that counts. So definitely consider that. So I'm not saying that your point is invalid. All right, because you do have a point. All right, cool. He says I want Deuce to have the keys at point guard. And that's, the other, and that's the other part I'm talking about, Cully. If you have, uh, if you bring in Brunson with quickly here with Alec Burks, with Derrick Rose, McBride is at the bottom of the bench. He's not seeing anything. And I'm also, three IQ should be a good starter. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. He, he might be a good, I'm, I'm I'm not all the way down on IQ. I, I still have hope IQ could do something. Um, Fritz, I know Fritz says you want to call in. Fritz, let's, let us know what you want to talk about, man. I know you want, you want to chime in on this Brunson topic. Oh, hey, thanks, Jails. What's going on? Um, I think just the Knicks... Yeah, I think just the Knicks are just in a tough situation where they just... They, they can't, like, put all their eggs in one basket because everything's just been failing. Like, every time they ever... Like this is the guy. This it just doesn't. I think they're gonna come in with like some options and just let 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 the point guards duke it out and see who who come out to the top. So I think Brunson is the, one of the guys gonna have in, but I don't think they're just gonna just Brunson's gonna fix everything. Right. I don't even think Brunson's that great of a passer. Uh, yeah, he's more like a, a great steady person. He's a steady. He's like a steady. Guy, IQ's more kind of explosive. Kind of like from when I was talking about when I compare IQ to McBride. Like, Mm -hmm. McBride is steadier. And McBride is going to make the right pass like 97% of the time. But IQ creates advantages more often than those guys. But he just just doesn't... Past, he just he just doesn't move the ball all the time after he makes crazy advantage. Yeah, yeah. I I, I see them. I, I said two people they're gonna get this summer. I said they're gonna get Brenton. They're gonna get Jones. Trey Jones is just gonna be the double. Um, it sends a double message because actually Trey Jones is actually a pretty rated passer, even though he's not like a um he doesn't get big minutes. Also, that that puts the pressure on North for Zion. So, I, I think I think um, I think those are the two you'll see. You say you think you'll see going to see Trey Jones and Brunson are the two, and McBride be the third point guard. And I don't think IQ would be considered point guard at that point. Um, it depends. I feel like I still I still depends on um. That still depends on Tom. That still depends on Tom if Tom's going to be here or not. Uh, Tom is still giving him. Um, well, he'll have him. A, if if Derrick Rose is here, that's the thing. If, if I think you mean Tyus Jones, right? I don't think you mean Trey Jones. Um, Trey Trey's um from San Antonio. Tyus is the younger brother. Tyus, the youngest brother. But the one from. You're talking, talking about the dude. I think I think I, my bad. I thought you meant Tyus too, the dude from the Grizzlies. No, uh, I'm talking about uh, Trey from San Antonio. 
Oh, you talking about Trey from San Antonio? Oh, yo, shout out to Ghetto yeah. Clownfish. I thought he was talking about Tyus Jones too. I thought he was talking about Tyus Jones too. I just assumed because um, yeah, they're brothers, but yeah, that it's not the one that um, I don't think he's the one he uh that played with RJ though. Right, right, because everybody knows like Tyus the thing, um. Joseph was talking about the Grizzlies earlier, and Tyus has been, you know, he's been the, the point guard for that that Grizzlies team, and that Grizzlies team is still moving. There, they were like twenty and what are they? Twenty wins, two losses with a good job. record with them. Yes, it's crazy. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like maybe you look at that that option as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I just think it's gonna be. Uh... Yeah, because if if you just stack the point guard position, you're, you're pushing out IQ. It, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Yeah, Colin Sexton is still. I uh, see somebody say Colin Sexton. You already you know I mentioned Colin Sexton a lot um, here, and they just gave Garland the bag. So you already know somebody else gets the bag. It's more likely somebody else gets the axe. That's how the way. That's the way it works. Uh, shout out to. Uh, BKNY gets a five sense of five dollars. Chat says lineups for next season: first unit IQ, RJ, Cam, Ob, Mitch, or Mobamba. Second unit: D Rose, Deuce, Grimes, New Power Forward, Sims. D Rose, Deuce, Grimes, New Power Forward, Sims. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with it. My thing is, what are we getting for for our? Um, I mean, that's to be determined because I'm assuming you're you're trading Julius Randle here in this scenario. What are we getting back for Julius Randle? I mean, that's something to think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because are we getting another point guard? Are we getting a wing? Getting some picks to package for later? Like, I feel like if we move Julius Randle, we should be getting something of significance somewhere. All right? But thank you for the Super Chat, BKNY. Uh, Nick X says, I want quickly, not a point guard off the bench. Same as Sims, love him, but not a starter at 6'9 who can't shoot. Yeah, I like Sims too. Sims has some good games. Um, I think he'll be fine though. But I'm st- I still, um, I said it last year. I said it to Royal earlier. If I can get Mo Bamba over Sims, I'll do that. Shout out to Harlem9000, who sends a 499 Super Chat. He says, yo, Knicks are trash this year, but the show has been on point since the jump. Uh, I appreciate you, Harlem. I super appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling in and thank you for the compliment. We try to keep this <laughs> we try to keep this show moving. We try to keep it good, good or bad. We try to keep the, the content good. And hopefully in the offseason... Um, we'll still have some nice stuff to talk about with you for you guys. We still haven't really even touched on the, the draft, really. So I already know that's coming. So shout out to you guys. And thank you for all the support, for real. All right. Uh, what do you think is a realistic return for Randall? That's that's a tough thing. I've I seen Raw talk about um, getting some expiring deals. It would be nice to get some expiring, like some, some expiring deals and some picks. Uh, some some picks that we can package and use for later. Um, at least expiring deals and a young contract, expiring deals, young contract and a pick. So, some picks. That's what I would like. I'm not sure what other teams 
how other teams see him. You know, he still averages 20, 10, and 5, but his percentages are abysmal. So maybe use like a trouble player for trouble player thing. Maybe you do John Wall, who has, you know, not as much contract left and try to get some picks with that as well. Maybe you try to do something like that. I, I, I'm, yo, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point. But I would hope he would get whatever we get, we get some picks somewhere. Because he still is a 2010 and a 5 player. And you hope that the team just kind of banks on the fact that he's going to turn it around in a smaller a smaller market. Because it's obvious that he – I still feel like Julius Randle has talent. To have 2010 and 5 in the bound year, you're a talented dude. But his just emotions – kind of take over and you just hope that he's able to recapture some of that in a smaller market to me. Randall for Collins and a couple of second rounders not going to get much more than that. Yeah, Collins. I can see that cuz Collins and kind of have been beefing with Atlanta. I would still try to get a first out of that. Personally, Nick, yeah, Garland was everything we're dreaming of. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying I, I, I've been saying I've been I've considered wanting Garland for a while. I love Garland's game. I thought I thought his three point shooting, his passing was going to translate, and I felt like um him being second fiddle to Colin was holding him back. I I still remember people calling me crazy for wanting. Garland a couple of years ago and I'm like I was right <laughs> I was definitely right for wanting him and that's not a knock on RJ I still like RJ but I, I was not wrong on Garland definitely wasn't <laughs> God, that man killed us today <laughs> Julius says for a chopped cheese <laughs> picture Timmy sending a shot to Julius oh man alright man you know what that's our show um, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I think I should, we should have Raw and Ryan G tomorrow, I believe. Hopefully that is the case. Um, also, Ryan G, you should be premiering Ryan G's lights. Shout out to Ryan <laughs> Thank you guys for the super chat, man. I got Ryan G a light a while ago. And then he said he was having problems with his computer and he needed another extra USB port to plug the light in. And I got finally got him some the USB port so he could plug the light in. So hopefully you actually see Ryan G's face tomorrow. All right. <laughs> and thank you for Stan who was like, yo, get Ryan G a light because we can't see him. Like, I agree. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. If we get Obama's because we don't have Mitch, yeah, you're most likely you might you're most likely right, Gregory Lee. We still don't know what's gonna happen with Mitch. He's still, you already know the teams are after him. He's and Mitch has had a pretty bad game today, but that's not indicative of what Mitch has done. He saved our he saved us a lot of time with his obvious a lot of times with his offensive rebounds alone. He had a, a few eight offensive rebound games, which is phenomenal. 
Mitch still needs to work on his defensive rebounding, though. That's still kind of been a weakness for Mitch. But uh, hopefully we're still able to get Mitch back. Um, in my fantasy brain, we get Mitch and Obama, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just me. That's me and my fantasy brain. All right. All right. So that is our show. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you guys. Only have four games left to the season. Next one being tomorrow. Last game of the season is Sunday, man. Last game of the season is Sunday. So you already know what it is. You can follow us on all social media. That is the KLT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook. Um, also, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also helps if you leave good reviews on those platforms as well. Helps us out. Get your merch, your KLT merch at nickatimeshow.com. You can click on catalog in that section. You get your blue and orange snapbacks and your black and white snapbacks as well. Thank you guys for supporting our show. Um, I hear all 82 gang shouts to you guys, all 82. Replaying gang shouts to you guys too. Next game will be tomorrow. And yep, yep, yep. That is our show though. And guess what? As always, guys. Shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these YouTube streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams.